Was the reformer Martin Luther innovating or in error when he added the word alone to Romans 3.28, for we hold that one is justified by faith alone apart from works of the law? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. Journal. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. Donna Harrison details her journey to confessional Lutheranism from Catholicism, Scientism, Mysticism, and Evangelicalism. The free online Issues Etc. Journal. Just click the red Journal subscription button at issuesetc.org. Whether you're speaking morally or politically, it is just wrong to say that pro-life states are making a mistake in passing pro-life legislation. And I worry that Trump is giving aid to people who are politically averse to doing the right thing on abortion law. There are people who are absolutely sure that there are no absolutes. And the statement that there are no absolutes is an absolute statement. So that statement violates the law of non-contradiction and can therefore not be true. The woke are not having their own children. My friends on the left have zero to two kids. My friends on the right have two to 12 kids. And so they're not making their own kids. So I think that their hope is to take ours and raise ours and indoctrinate ours. Salvation is forgiveness. Salvation is new life in Christ, not affirmation of our desires. God didn't give the gospel to affirm us. He gave the gospel to save us. This is Brian from Dallas. Texas Dove hunters love issues, etc. in the field. Adios, Palomas. Can we understand evangelism as spiritual warfare? If we think about that unholy trinity, the world, the devil, our sinful flesh, the word that is spoken by the evangelist of law and gospel, it undoes those three enemies. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to conclude our five-part series on evangelism with Dr. Ken Sherb. Spend some time with him talking not only about idolatry and evangelism, but also some resources. Then Mark Hemingway joins us for a wrap-up of the second presidential GOP debate. And it's part four of our series, Finding Jesus in the Old Testament Today, the Minor Prophets, with Dr. Reed Lessing. Dr. Ken Sherb has a Ph.D. in church history from Ohio State University. He's Director of Evangelism and Missions, Stewardship, and Human Care for the Central Illinois District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, formerly served as a theology professor at Concordia University, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and as an assistant to the president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Ken, welcome back. Todd, good to be with you. Couldn't be more pleased, in fact. Might we regard evangelism as an attack on idolatry? Yeah, and that might be a particularly good way to be thinking about evangelism these days. As a matter of fact, just this past Sunday in Bible class, I was guest preaching to congregation, talking about evangelism in the Bible study hour, and a man raised a question pretty much right off the bat. He's about 35 years old. He says, what do you do with this postmodern mindset that pretty much regards, well, nothing as true, really true? Well, idolatry might just get their attention. Because what are idols? Ultimately, the scripture says they're nothing. And yet they demand so much, and we do find ways to serve our idols. So idols demand your worship, sap your strength, and in the end, leave you with nothing. That's exactly what the prophets used to point out in Israel of old. 
And, and really, saying that evangelism is an attack on idolatry is just another way of saying something that we were talking about earlier in this series, Todd. And that is, evangelism is really Christ extending his gracious lordship through the church, as the church and her members tell the good news about him. I'm put in mind of that great section from the beginning of First Peter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That's about the exact opposite of idolatry. This is a firm and sure hope, an inheritance that is being safeguarded. It's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. And not only is it being kept for us, we are being kept for it by the power and grace of God. So we have abundance here. And the church telling the good news is always doing so from a position of abundance. I mean, we have hope in Christ, and we tell others that same good news that gives us such hope. Now, a great book on idolatry, and particularly Martin Luther's take on and attack on idolatry, is one that I think you and I have talked about in the past, Todd. Michael Lockwood's The Unholy Trinity. Lockwood points out, as of course Luther does in the large catechism, that idolatry lies at the heart of all sin. And when we don't fear, love, and trust in God, we find substitutes. We find substitutes not only for God as creator, but also as redeemer and sanctifier. But see, only the true God can be those things for us. And in giving us those blessings, well, he gives us hope. And by the way, Todd, we're going to have a link on the website to uh, a book discussion on the unholy trinity that we conducted here in our district oh, a couple of years ago. Today you want to talk about resources. Which ones? Well, they're both fairly recent, not brand new, from the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. One's called Everyone His Witness, and the other is called Connect to Disciple. Both are by Mark Wood, who's the director of the Synod's Office of Witness, Outreach, and Revitalization. And I want to talk about those couple of terms there, witness and outreach, because really, Everyone his witness is a witness resource. Connect to disciple is an outreach resource. We mentioned this, I think, a little bit last time. The distinction that we're making between these two, or the distinction itself is not biblical, but it's a good way at least to know what we're talking about at any given moment. Witness is individual one-on-one sharing of the gospel. Outreach refers to the corporate efforts of a congregation and various agencies within its umbrella to move people from a position of initial connection with the congregation and its work to being gathered around word and sacrament with everybody else. So witness is individual, outreach is corporate. Before you get into the first resource, you wanted to report on a message received from one of our listeners. Yeah, Adam writes that with people who are hostile to Christianity and even to religion in general— It might not be good to start with apologetics, but rather simply start talking about Jesus. Often when people are hostile, their hostility is directed more at Christians or at the church. 
But these days, an awful lot of people are interested in Jesus. Now, that's his point. And I observe in responding to that, it is a good rule, first of all. You do evangelism first and apologetics second. You do the apologetics to defend when people have some sort of an objection or a problem, and now you have something to defend. But Adam also makes a good point about interest in Jesus. If you've seen these TV and even radio spots that say, he gets us, that is the result of a massive amount of market research that showed that over 50% of the adults in this country are open to learning more about Jesus. They may not be interested in the church, but they are interested in Jesus. And they strongly agree that his teachings are good for society as a whole. They see him as a seeker of peace, welcoming, accepting, loving to all. Now, of course, their view of Jesus may be shallow, and the He Gets Us television and radio commercials go about sort of, as they say, defamiliarizing the story, trying to present him in terms recognizable within society, not the terms that people may be used to hearing about Jesus in. I have all sorts of mixed emotions when I see one of these spots, but my observation here, we're not really focusing on this resource, but still, it is a resource that's out there that he gets us spots. You don't have to agree with everything the ads say to use them as a springboard for evangelistic conversation. In the 2022 Lutheran Religious Life Survey, Lyman Stone found that 33% of those who have been surveyed in that survey reported that they did discuss religious views within the last month. Now, the question is kind of open-ended. We don't know specifically. It could have been in person they were doing this. It could have been online they were doing this. We don't know exactly who they talked with or the exact contents of the conversation. It is quite possible that some of them were picking up on the current curiosity about Jesus. And I mentioned this point here and quote Adam's email here because it can lead us into talking about everyone his witness. What is everyone his witness? It is training for individual witness. And this individual witness is supposed to be vocational and contextual. That is to say, you're not getting ready to talk to people you don't know. You're speaking to people who you already know, who are in your circle of friends, family, acquaintances, co-workers, etc., One of the really strong points I think about everyone his witness is that it recognizes the privilege and the responsibility of God's royal priesthood of believers to tell the good news about Jesus. Now, one of the central things that you find in the everyone his witness materials is the acronym LASSIE, L-A-S-S-I-E, which stands for Listen, Ask, Seek, Share, Invite, Encourage. Again, listen, ask, seek, share, invite, encourage. That's not supposed to be an outline, and pretty obviously so. The first point is listen. Well, after you listen, you ask, and of course, when you ask, you're going to be doing some more listening because the people you ask are going to respond. But it is a sort of a checklist. These are things that are going to be kind of dynamically playing in and out of a witnessing conversation, a conversation that you're having with somebody. When it comes to that first and second S, the seeking and the sharing, 
here's where a widespread interest in Jesus in the general populace can really help us out. And what you're seeking then is a place to connect the story of a person, not so much with your own personal story. Rather, you're seeking a place to connect their story with the story of Jesus. And that can put you in a position after you've done that first S, seek. Now you can do the second S, share. Dr. Ken Sherb is our guest. We're concluding our five-part series on evangelism. When we come back, what should people be aware of when speaking the gospel? There are at least two ways to see the Messiah's presence in the Old Testament. The chief would be the Lord's messenger. Dr. Reed Lessing, co-author of The Issues Etc., a book of the month for September, The Messianic Message, Predictions, Patterns, and the Presence of Jesus in the Old Testament. The second way we see the presence of Jesus in the Old Testament would be through God's glory. Learn more about The Messianic Message at issuesetc.org. The Biblical Worldview Conference is Saturday, November 4th in Chicago. This year's theme is, For Such a Time as This, Discernment, Boldness, and Compassion. Brian Wolfmiller, John Bombaro, and others will be speaking on gender-solid parenting, wokeism in schools, transgender pronouns, and sharing Christ in a woke culture. For more information, visit worldviewchicago.org. The Biblical Worldview Conference, November 4th in Chicago, worldviewchicago.org. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House, a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's Best, is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at SiestaKeyRentalGenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858. Theology for Blue Collar, White Collar, and Clerical Collar. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. Congregational Sponsor. Calvary Lutheran, Elgin, Illinois. Faith Lutheran, Plano, Texas. Hope Lutheran, Granite City, Illinois. Kaiser Lautern Lutheran, Kaiser Lautern, Germany. Mount Zion Lutheran, Greenfield, Wisconsin. Praise Lutheran, Maryville, Tennessee. Shepherd of the Springs Lutheran, Colorado Springs, Colorado. St. Paul Lutheran, Cedar, Michigan. St. Timothy Lutheran, Huber Heights, Ohio, and Zion Lutheran, Accident, Maryland. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. 
When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. We're concluding our five-part series on evangelism with Dr. Ken Sherb. Ken, uh, speaking the gospel, and especially that seeking and sharing that you mentioned from that acronym LASI before the break, has to be done with some care. What should people be aware of? Well, again, when you are seeking, it's important to understand what we're talking about here. This is not something that they are doing, the seeking. You're doing the seeking. This is not the Willow Creek seeker kind of talk. And it's not necessarily that you're seeking something that the two of you have in common. Rather, you're seeking something in that person's life that lends itself to connecting them with the gospel of Christ. And that could be things like loneliness, hopelessness, the death of a loved one, financial difficulties. We kind of understand those. But some other things where you might seek that point of connection could be getting married, having a baby, child goes off to college. Those are happy events. We don't necessarily associate them with the law. And yet even here, the impacts of the law show up in human life because things like having a baby or having your kid go off to college show you just how limited and powerless you are and can bring you really up not only against your limitations, but also your failures, your sins. So it's important for us to be thinking in terms of law and gospel as we go about the seeking and the sharing. This is not something really sort of superficial. Jesus was loving, and it's great that you, my friend who I'm talking with, are trying to show love by volunteering with the homeless or something. No, you want to get to God's good news in Christ, Jesus' atoning death and victorious resurrection that assure you that you are forgiven and bring you the love and peace that you need, the peace that passes all understanding and frees you from the dominion of sin and death. Besides the Lassie checklist, what does everyone his witness offer? Well, another kind of acronym there is HHH, Head, Heart, Hands. Ask yourself as you're talking to a person, just what kind of person this is, their general approach to life. Do they approach life more intellectually? Are they a head person? Do they kind of lead with their emotions? Are they a heart person? Are they interested in doing things, hands person? These are admittedly kind of caricature descriptions. There's nobody in the world who is a pure hands person, no intellect, no emotion, or any of the others. Nobody's a pure type. But it is helpful to kind of recognize who you're dealing with and what their proclivity is, head, heart, or hands, especially when you get down to the last part of the Lassie acronym, those last couple of letters, I-E, invite and encourage. Because the kind of invitation you might extend, the kind of encouragement that you might give to a person can be largely dependent upon whether they're a head or a heart or a hands individual. I mean, the gospel itself is not going to change. But 
what are you going to invite them to? And if they didn't come the first time, are you going to, say, renew the invitation? If somebody doesn't come to an event you invited them to and their head person, it may not bother them at all if you don't follow up. If they're a heart person, they may get their feelings hurt and decline your next invitation because you didn't even check to see why they didn't come to the first thing you invited them to. So head or heart or hands can make a difference, especially in the invite and encourage, and it can also impact the approach that you're going to make to your sharing of God's Word. So Lassie is important. Listen, ask, seek, share, invite, encourage, and also head, heart, hands. Those two things right there are a huge, huge amount of what you learn in Everyone is Witness. Anything else? Well, what I've been talking about so far is just the basic, they call it the core module. But there's also a growing number of what are called context modules. And these, I think, are extremely valuable. They are there to inform your witness to people from particular backgrounds. And this can be highly specialized. How do you witness to a Jewish person or a Muslim or a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or people who don't claim any particular religion, but they really have a religion. It's science. They put science on a pedestal. Or how do you witness to recently discharged military veterans? What special things do you need to be thinking about in order to seek a point of connection and invite and encourage them? Or how about those unchurched adult children that so many of us have? How do you approach them? When they were doing these context modules, and they're still doing them, by the way, the number is growing all the time, they went out of their way to get people who really knew with some depth what they're talking about. They got former Jewish people who are now Lutherans to talk about witnessing to Jews. Same with Muslims, same with Jehovah's Witnesses, same with people who worship science, same with people who themselves in some cases were the unchurched adult children. And so the videos for these context modules go through the Lassie model, listen, ask, seek, share, invite, encourage, with respect to each particular kind of person that's under discussion in that set of context module segments. And this can be very helpful because it's done in detail, it's done from the inside, as it were, by people who know what they're talking about. They've been there. The context modules, I think, are maybe the greatest contribution in the long run that uh, everyone his witness is going to make. How can listeners get it? Well, that's a good question. In our CID pastors survey that we've been talking about on and off throughout this series, we found that about 20% of our congregations have used everyone his witness. What about the other 80%? I would guess that a lot of them might like to use it, but they haven't heard about it, or they haven't heard how to get it, or they just haven't gotten around to it. Well, it comes in several forms. Mark Wood took the basics of Everyone is Witness and put it into a little book that he published a couple of years ago with Concordia Publishing House called Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. 
We're also going to offer on the Issues Etc. website a link to the Everyone His Witness website, and they do have a whole website. And there's also a youth version of Everyone Is Witness called Motivated by Love, and we'll have a link to that too. Another witnessing story from a listener. Yeah, Adam writes about the importance of prayer. He prayed really for the Lord to send him opportunities for witness. And he said, Lord, I am in a Lutheran bubble. That's his term, not mine. He said, I know there's lost people out there hurting people. Please bring them to me. So after he had prayed that, he stopped one day at church to pick up something, and he saw a car just sitting in the parking lot, and a lady was sitting there inside the car. She said, look, I won't bother anything here. I'm just stopping to pray. I've been trying to work up the courage to come to church. Being in the parking lot keeps me close. I hope that's okay. Well, he said, sure, you can sit here and pray, but if you want, you can come in. In fact, come when we're having a church service. If you need someone to sit with, he said, I'll save you a seat. She said, you may not want me in your holy place. I've been an atheist for 20-odd years, but I thought that before I write God completely off, I ought to pray. Well, I've been praying, and I think I'm supposed to come to church. And that's when Adam was able to say to her, look, I've been praying for the Lord to bring somebody to me. It looks like I've been praying for you. They talked some more. She said, I've made a lot of mistakes. Adam said that he, for his part, had been away from the church at some time too, but God had brought him back. So that next Sunday morning, there she was at church, and Adam sat with her, helped her through the service, She listened. She went up for a blessing during communion distribution, and she said she'd be back. My main point in telling this story is when you pray to the Lord and ask for him to use you as his witness, well, watch out, because God does answer prayer. Dr. Ken Sherb is our guest. We're concluding our five-part series on evangelism. He has another story from one of our listeners next. week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we're rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Paul visits James, Paul arrested in the temple, Paul asks to speak, Paul's story begun, and Paul's story interrupted. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. The Gospels report Jesus saying some rather shocking things. For instance, in Luke 14, he tells his disciples, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. How can Jesus say such things? What about some of the other more difficult teachings of Scripture? Do you have questions about them? Well, we answer many of these in the October issue of The Lutheran Witness. Pick up your copy today at cph.org slash witness. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the world from a Lutheran perspective. Defending the faith, teaching the truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. Memoria Press's award-winning curriculum is used by homeschoolers all over the world. Their classical Christian education materials provide everything you need for kindergarten through 12th grade, including books, guides, lesson plans, and instructional videos. 
If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Welcome back. Dr. Ken Sherb is our guest. He's Director of Evangelism, Missions, Stewardship, and Human Care for the Central Illinois District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We're concluding our five-part series with him on evangelism. Before we go on to talk about another resource, Ken, you have another story from a listener. Yeah, this comes from an Eve, a widow in her 60s, who wrote that she has a friend, another lady who is in her 70s, She's in poor health, her friend, and the friend lives with her 85-year-old husband, who's also in poor health. They're all in a rural area where everybody pretty much stays to themselves, and they correspond a lot via text. So here's the text that she sent to her friend, inviting her friend basically to come to church with her. She said, hey there, I want to ask you to think about coming with me to church one day, just asking you to think about it. Our church is not fancy. It's a small group. We use organ and piano and hymnals. I think you told me you grew up Catholic. If that's incorrect, I apologize. Anyway, our church is liturgical too, just Lutheran. It's quiet and orderly. I would like for you just to think about coming with me. We could go simply to give thanks to God for his many blessings and to be strengthened by his loving grace for the week ahead. Ultimately, he comes to us through his word and assures us of eternal life with him through Jesus' death and resurrection. Again, please just think about coming with me. Now, I'd like to point out a few things about this text message that Eve sent. She mentions her congregation, characterizes it briefly, but does not dwell on it, nor, however, does she apologize for it. She doesn't apologize for it being Lutheran, for it being liturgical, or for it being small. She includes some elements of the church testimony. You may recall our first interview in this series, Todd, we talked about Paul Faust's church testimony She puts in there the point about giving thanks to God and church giving you the opportunity to do that, giving you strength for the week ahead. But she does not omit to get to the point that God comes to us through his word, and that happens at church and the news of Jesus' death and resurrection. Witness does need to point to Christ and his saving work, and she does that sort of toward the end of her message here. Now, the question you might ask is, isn't it good to extend an invitation like that to somebody? And I would say sometimes it absolutely is. Eve obviously knows her friend and knows that this is a good time and place and person to be extending the invitation to. 
In his 2022 study, Lyman Stone found that there's actually one invitation to church being extended in the Missouri Synod every week per every 20 church attendees. That's actually a significant number of church invitations being extended. Now, we don't know how well these people know those they are inviting. We really don't know anything other than that number. But the question is, is it always the best thing just to invite somebody to church? Should that be kind of your quick go-to way of engaging a new person? It used to be. Is it anymore? Maybe not. And for those cases where it's not, we have Connect to Disciple. What is it? Well, Connect to Disciple is, again, not witness. It's not one-on-one individual sharing of the gospel. This is corporate, not individual. And it's been designed by Mark Wood and the Synod's Witness Outreach and Revitalization Department with the reality in view that an invitation to church may not be the best place to start with certain people. Uh, They can be shy. They could be intimidated about church. They could be skittish about the fact that they just don't know anybody there except maybe you, the person who's inviting them. So connect to disciple, to take people from their initial connection with a congregation and its members and the congregation's work to being gathered around word and sacrament as a disciple with everybody else. I think it might be better named from connection to discipleship. What do people learn in Connected Disciple? One of the things is to find out what is and is not a good outreach activity. A lot of congregations think that they're doing a lot of things in the name of outreach, and perhaps they are. But are those things really well-conceived outreach things? Generally speaking, it's not a good outreach activity if you do it only once a year. That's just too infrequent. And generally speaking, it's not a good outreach activity if you're not getting contact information on the people who are there at an event and therefore cannot follow up. Now, there's all sorts of things that might not be bad to do, but we need to keep things in the right categories and call them what they are. Some things might be good to do, but they're just not outreach activities. Generally speaking, churches seem pretty good at creating connections, that is, making that initial contact with people, and making disciples, preaching, teaching, administering the sacraments. The hard part, and the part where really connected disciple gives a lot of attention, is the part in between, nurturing relationships with these new people. So what's the basic approach to outreach in it? Well, Connect to Disciple concentrates on nurturing relationships via events that can be held within the general umbrella of your congregation, probably in some cases are being held already, or can be put into place relatively easily. And by the general umbrella, I mean there are events that could be sponsored by the congregation's women's group or maybe the parent-teacher organization at a Lutheran school. Lutheran schools offer all kinds of opportunities like this, where you have places where you can impact and nurture relationships with the people who are the parents and, and even the siblings, maybe, of the kids in your school. And we're working right now in central Illinois on an adaptation called Beyond the Classroom, 
that Mark Wood is coming up with of Connect to Disciple. Anyway, when you plan these events, you have to think about what the unchurched people might be interested in. Not the things that you want them to be interested in, but the things that they're going to kind of readily gravitate to. It could be a family fun night. It could be cooking classes, financial management classes, parenting classes. Now, it is true. These things in themselves do not communicate the gospel, and you're not going to pretend that they do, and you're not going to try to sneak a gospel presentation in. You're not going to have a parenting class, but everybody has to have a 10-minute devotion first before you do the parenting class. It's important that you don't bait and switch and therefore give people an excuse to say they didn't keep their word, I'm not going back there. Non-church people in these events, though, are going to meet more and more of your congregation's members. And that's good. Church will not seem such a strange place to them eventually because these other people whom they have now met and know will be there. And there is the opportunity for individual witness within all these settings. You meet these people and now you can head out after the parenting class is over and get a cup of coffee and that's an opportunity for individual witness. Or if you're in a sewing circle, just sitting next to one another in the sewing circle, individual witness can take place. So you identify what kind of events these might be, sequence the events, figure out how deliberately to move a particular kind of non-church person from one event to the next. Like, for example, a single mother who has a child enrolled in your preschool. How do you get them to the point of being gathered around word and sacrament with everybody else? What if the congregation thinks that it can't juggle all of that? Well, again, some of these may be activities you've already got. They may just have to be tweaked a little bit. Some of them may be relatively easy to start. For example, you may have ladies who might like to make a contribution to your congregation's evangelism outreach by starting a sewing circle or by teaching a cooking class. Or in a very small congregation, maybe it's going to be individual efforts, like you invite somebody to come to a Saturday morning fishing trip that somebody has week after week after week. Of course, then you have to figure out how you're going to move them on to another event and another event. But there are ways of doing that. How do our listeners find out more? Well, again, Mark Wood has a book on this one, too, the basic essence of a connected disciple has been distilled into meaningful outreach, an essential guide for churches. And also there is a quick guide for a connected disciple that we're going to link to on the issues, etc. website. So you can find more about both of those there. Dr. Ken Sherb is our guest. We're concluding our series on evangelism. We'll get a summary of our conversation next. You can listen to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's voiced by the book's author, Pastor Todd Peppercorn, and includes an introduction voiced by Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to the audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. issuesetc.org, and enter your email address.
Does this sound like your church budget process at the end of the year? You get last year's budget and go through with a committee line by line, maybe what we should spend next year. Maybe you have a prayer. But where's the word of God in this process? When do the people hear what the small catechism says about giving and why we do it? Contact us at LCMS Stewardship so that we can help you fix this process, put the word of God first, and put your congregation on a good fitting. LCMS.org slash stewardship. At Our Savior Lutheran Church in Winchester, Virginia, you will hear God's word faithfully preached every Sunday. We invite you to join our growing family of believers this week and every week for Education Hour beginning at 9 a.m., followed by Divine Worship at 10 a.m. For more information, find us on the web at OurSavior-LCMS.org. That's OurSavior-LCMS.org. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Keeping the message straight. Getting the message out. You're listening to Issues Etc. At the center of our campus is Kramer Chapel, and there's a reason for that. Issues Etc. guest, Dr. Arthur Just. Because it is the heartbeat of Concordia Theological Seminary. It is where we go to hear the voice of Jesus and frequently be fed with the body and blood of Christ. We sometimes call it our Jerusalem. Kramer Chapel points to the classroom, which we sometimes call Athens. It is there that we do theology, biblical studies, systematic theology, practical theology, history. We love theology here, and we love the study of it, and we love coming together in worship. It's one of the things that gives us great joy, joy in worshiping, joy in studying theology. Concordia Theological Seminary is all about the joy of being in Jesus. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, ctsfw.edu. Peppercorn, a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor, has granted us the privilege of looking deeply into the heart, mind, and soul of a Christian in the clenches of mental illness. We are a bit unnerved to imagine that a Lutheran pastor, called to preach God's holy word and to faithfully administer the sacraments, could possibly suffer such a fate. He challenges all our myths. Clinical psychologist Dr. Beverly Yonke reading from the introduction to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. You can download and listen to I Trust When Dark My Road for free. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's our series on evangelism. Dr. Ken Sherb is our guest. Ken, how would you summarize our conversation so far? Well, Todd, let me come right at you with some true or false questions by way of summary. True or false? Evangelism offers hope in Christ to people who are stuck in idolatry. True. By the gospel, the Holy Spirit takes people out from under the sway of the idols that will consume them 
and gives them hope in Christ. Hope is important. It's important for daily living. And it results, biblically speaking, in joy for the present. Hope for tomorrow means joy for today. And if you're frustrated with the idols of the present day and what they're doing to people, well, a good thing to do is tell the good news about Jesus. For example, we see that the world around us is worldly. It gets caught up in itself or in the things that money can buy. It gets caught up in the pleasures of the moment. Now, we can think long and hard about how terrible all that is, but the Lord has given us the gift of being able to go on the offensive about that by taking his word to people. Or other things in the sinful world can offend us, disgust us, like a lack of regard for God's word. So often people don't really think about the scriptures at all. If they do, it seems to be to hold the Bible up to ridicule or to create doubts about it, or to announce their own pet theory, which they deem is as good as anything the Bible says. Well, ultimately, the best defense for God's Word is God's Word, and he gives us the great privilege that we can unleash that powerful Word upon people. In the midst of their questions, their doubts, their unbelief, he gives us a Word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we can get frustrated by people who are just sitting there waiting for God to zap them out of the blue, especially because we know that God works not by zapping people, but he works through his word and through people who spread his word. And he gives us the gift of being people who can spread his word. So instead of wallowing in our frustration that others are simply sitting there waiting for God to zap them, we can bring them the Christ-centered word, which is his power to save. The church's evangelistic efforts always come from a position of riches. We have hope in Christ, and we bring others the gospel that can give them the same hope. Another item, true or false. The distinction between witness and outreach is biblical. False. As we've been using the terms here, there really is no biblical distinction between them. We use the terms in this way because it's a convenient way of keeping straight what we're talking about. Because there really are two different aspects of the evangelistic task the churches and its members are going eventually to encounter. One is the individual witness, which we've been using the term witness to describe. The other is the corporate outreach, and that's what we've been saving the term outreach for. Another item, true or false. Everyone his witness uses Lassie as an outline for telling the good news. False. Lassie is a big thing in everyone his witness. Again, it stands for listen, ask, seek, share, invite, encourage. But it's not really an outline. You don't do all the listening, then all the asking, then all the seeking, and so forth. Rather, it's kind of a set of things to check off, and you may check these boxes several times. By the way, remember last time we were talking about the fact that our pastors here in the central Illinois district indicated that we are teaching listening probably in fewer places than we are teaching other witnessing skills. So that very first item in Lassie, listen, is one that we need to work on, I think. One more item, true or false. When you meet unchurched people, it is good to invite them to church right away. Generally speaking, false. 
These days, that's probably true for most people, but there are exceptions. You need to know the person that you're dealing with and make a determination. But overall, people can find church a bit strange, maybe intimidating, partly because they just don't know very many people there. And that's where Connect to Disciple comes in to encourage and equip a congregation to nurture relationships with new people so as very deliberately to move them closer and closer to hearing the Word of God in church services. Ken, we received one story from a listener over the phone. Hi, Dr. Sherb, and hi, Pastor Wilkin. This is beloved on-demand listener Jeff from sunny Tampa, Florida, calling in with an evangelism story that I hope you'll be able to address and use in an upcoming episode of your evangelism series, which I've very much enjoyed. A neighbor of ours a few years ago and I were running partners, and we would run every Monday morning, time to start our work week together, and we'd run at a a nice leisurely pace, so we would carry on conversations about family and life and work and such, just like two guys would typically do. It was great because there's that triangulation that guys tend to enjoy, so we could kind of open up as we're staring ahead and running and chatting along. Their family were not Christians. We were regular church attenders, and they were aware of that. And I just asked him out of the blue, I, I said, what what is your thoughts on of church and religion and these type of things. And there was a there was a pause and he responded with basic indifference. He's like, you know what, Jeff, honestly, I don't really care or think about those things very often. And quite frankly, I just left it right there. There wasn't much of an open door to the conversation. We just kind of continued off and we continued our friendship. Of note, a year or so later, the family had an existential marriage crisis that my wife, Carrie, and I were able to walk through with them and to kind of love them through them and support them. And there were opportunities right there to share the forgiveness of sins and the gospel with them. So I would just give an encouragement to our fellow Christians to just be bold, not just in our conversations, but rather how we live, because people are looking, and when things tend to go awry in life, and and they do, they know where to turn. And praise be to God, we'll be seeing this family for eternity in heaven with Christ. So thanks again for a great series, and all the best to you all in Christ. God bless. Bye-bye. Ken, what would you say about that? Well, thank you very much, Jeff, in Tampa. You're the only one, I think, for the most part, who actually phoned something in by way of a witnessing story. Jeff kind of did a couple of interesting things there. He just opened up the subject of religious conversation by asking what the other man thought about such matters. And later on, after kind of having a conversation that initially seemed to go nowhere, when one of the storms of life came, he and his wife were there for their friends with the gospel. That's an important thing to recall, just being there waiting at times for the opportunity to present itself when those storms of life, when the hammer blows of the law hit people. So thank you to Jeff. Thank you to everybody who responded to our invitation to send witnessing stories. Who knows? We may try this again. So keep track of your witnessing stories, especially those blow-by-blow descriptions that you can offer of 
conversations that you have with people. We may ask for them again. What would you like to say as we reach the end of this series, Ken? Evangelism really arises, Todd, from who we are in Christ. It's not because of institutional self-preservation, although I think it kind of comes to people's minds a lot in that connection. But really, the church of every age is caught up in Jesus' own mission of seeking and saving the lost. So we do this just because of who we are as his church. And we do it also because it helps us. Telling the good news about Jesus helps you to focus on what's really important. When people ask you difficult questions, you go back and you do research. You look up some things in books. You talk to your pastor. You learn in the process. And also, when the gospel comes from your lips, you get to hear it too. Nobody gives themselves gifts, but the gospel that's coming out of your lips did not come from you. Dr. Ken Sherb has a Ph.D. in church history from Ohio State University. He's Director of Evangelism and Missions, Stewardship and Human Care for the Central Illinois District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And he formerly served as a theology professor at Concordia University, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and as an assistant to the president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Ken, thank you. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for this whole series. Folks, you'll find links to all of the evangelism resources Dr. Sherb has mentioned during this interview and our series on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. In Hour 2 of Issues Etc., Mark Hemingway joins us to get us a little roundup on the second GOP presidential debate. And Dr. Reed Lessing will be here for part four of our series, Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. We'll be talking about the minor prophets and the entire Old Testament by way of summary. Stay tuned. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Would you like to learn about the Reformation theology you hear on Issues Etc.? We'll send you a pamphlet of Luther's small catechism for free. It contains the biblical teachings on the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and Confession and Absolution. Order your free copy of Luther's Small Catechism today. Just send your name and mailing address to talkback at issuesetc.org. Trinity Orchard Farm is settled between two rivers showing the way to the water of life. For worship that is reverent, relevant, and refreshing like pure water, or for excellent education in a unique setting, check out our church and school. We're just five miles north of Highway 370 on Highway 94 in St. Charles County. Visit us on the web at trinityorchardfarm.com. That's trinityorchardfarm.com. Our phone number is 636-250-3350. Join us September 29th at 7 p.m. for a hymn festival celebrating the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels at Good Shepherd Lutheran in Collinsville, Illinois. Hymn commentary will be provided by Pastor Will Whedon, host of the Word of the Lord Endures Forever podcast, 
along with organist Chris Lemker, orchestra, and choir. For more information or to register to sing in the choir, visit our website, withangelsandarchangels.org. The Lord has sanctified us in the true faith. Listen to chapel services live weekday mornings from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. Live weekday mornings at 9 Central, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, and 7 Pacific at issuesetc.org. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com. Do you dread going to work out? Performance Fitness in Edwardsville offers a fun, supportive, tight-knit community and environment. Visit them on the web at performancefitness618.com or call 618-692-5063. Performance Fitness is the facility in the St. Louis Metro East where the focus is on member results, not membership numbers. 618-692-5063 or performancefitness618.com. Performance Fitness of Edwardsville. 618-692-5063. 